We are Christ's followers who are walking in purpose. We are destined to do great things for the kingdom of God. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Dream Chasers podcast with Monique C. Basin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Purpose Driven Dream Chasers podcast, formerly known as Pursuing Purpose, the podcast. I am your host, Monique C. Basin, and I am very excited to have a special guest with me today, Miss Angela Burchett, who is a dynamic stage and concert vocalist, accomplished recording artist, educator, and seasoned actress who recently portrayed Jackie Clark Chisholm in Lifetime Television's The Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel Movie. So welcome to the podcast, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Monique. Yes. So we're going to start out with some easy questions, okay? And so the first question that I have for you is a three-part question. So I want to know, when did your introduction to the Christian faith begin? Who first introduced you to God? And what was your Christian upbringing like? Church attendance, involvement, all of that good stuff. All right. Uh, Well, I grew up in church literally from the moment I was born. My parents were avid churchgoers, my grandparents. And I grew up in Detroit at a church called Greater Grace Temple. It's Pentecostal church, uh, apostolic, if you're getting real specific. I literally... From the minute I could be in, you know, babies are old enough to be out. That's where I was. Pretty much all the way through uh, till I moved to New York, pretty much, I'm a church girl. Like, I mean, growing up, my teenage years were my most fondest memories are like Sundays. That was my day because we, you know, from morning to night, we were at church and, you know, rehearsals during the week for the choir and, you know, all those things. Uh, And growing up in Detroit, you know, that's a kind of a church mecca, not just gospel music, but like church, like there's every kind of church, every kind of size church, um, you know, bishops and, and, and people who are, you know, maybe musicians, but also pastors, you know, that was, we had all of that in Detroit. So uh, it was church and just, you know, my day to day being about, you know, being in the word and, um all my friends went to church, you know, even my friends at school, they were like, oh, you know, and she can't hang out. She's going to be at church, that kind of thing. So I was definitely like the poster girl for, you know, 90s church kid for sure. Okay. And I can definitely relate to that as well. And so as a child, Angela, I'm curious to know, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, I don't think I thought about that too much as a child. I knew I enjoyed music, but I don't know that I thought about doing it as like a career until much later, but I probably wanted to be like what all every kid says. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. Yeah. But I I think music was always such a big part of my family life, church life, school life, that even if I didn't say it, that probably was what I just subconsciously knew all along I would be doing as an adult. So for you, when was that moment? When did you discover your God-given purpose and how did you come to realizing that? Oh man, you know, I probably, it was kind of a gradual thing. Uh, growing up again in Detroit, uh, Greater Grace Temple, which is, and still is like a mega church. So that's all I know. I, I don't know. Like, of course I've been to smaller churches and like, you know, a, a mega church experience is different from like a storefront church. But all I knew growing up was mega church. So when they were starting to put me up to sing when I was, you know, nine, 10 years old, this was in front of, you know, a couple thousand people every week or every time I sang. 
So it kind of started there, like seeing how my voice and my gift affected other people. And it kind of still is true to this day. Me expressing my the gift God has given me is not really for me. It is for me sometimes when I need to like just tap in. But I think whatever age that was, it was that moment when I started to realize, oh, this is not so much about me as it is about how the anointing that comes through me affects people. But I think as a as an artist and like making a living at it, I think probably um, my early teens, I was in a play and and I it was the first time that I had married music and acting together in a musical. And it was then that I was like, wait a minute, like this is a thing? Like people do this? Because up to that point, all I knew was church. Like I sang in church. I didn't, you know, I didn't know any other thing. And um, probably, and I was maybe, I was 14, maybe. So probably since then, I knew like, oh, this is, this is going to be it. In some way, I, I I wasn't sure how, but I knew like, oh, this is, this is what it's going to be. <laughs> so Angela, I'm curious to know more about your educational background. So I want you to share with me um, your educational and professional background that led you to where you are today. Well, music, like we've been talking about, has been in my life, even before church, at home, we all sang. My dad sings, he, you know, basically was Joe Jackson, made us all sing whether we wanted to or not. So that just kind of led me to any and every avenue that I could explore music academically, I did. So the schooling, my elementary and middle didn't really have vocal music. So, but, but I was in church. So I got a lot of music that way. And I played the drums and I started learning how to play when I was like eight. So I was always in lessons, learning an instrument. But once I got to high school was really when I was like, oh, okay. Um, I learned, I was in a choir and our choir, the high school I went to, who was known for its academic prowess, not so much the music. We just happened to have like an award-winning vocal music department under the tutelage of Nina Scott, who is amazing. Um, and that was where I really started to learn the art of singing. Because in church, you know, you just go for what you know. You let the spirit lead. Uh, but in school, high school, and then on into college and on, so on and so forth, I learned how to marry the soul and the spirit of music and singing with technique and how to do it properly so that you can, you know, be years later now, I'm in my years, and I'm still singing, I still have my voice, you know, but I, I have just been really blessed to um, be under great professors and instructors and voice teachers and technicians that really just kind of jumped in and said, grabbed me by my shoulders and said, I'm going to, you know, even elementary school, my elementary school music teacher who actually called me the day the movie came out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it's Brooks. But um, they all were very, and this is what I want to kind of get across because when I teach, this is kind of what I'm talking about. It all works together. I think people think, oh, I need to take voice lessons or I need to learn how to do runs or something like that. All of the things that you pull in, you know, in your education and your time that you are learning your craft all works to build the gift that you end up expressing to the world and sharing with the world. So I mentioned choirs so much because the types of choirs that I sang in were not gospel choirs. These were classical uh, repertoire, spirituals, um, a certain type of technique we used. And what that did for me as an artist was teach me nuance and layering. It even affected me as an actor because that's what that all of that is about. It affected me in ministry when I lead praise and worship. It's just your ear tunes differently when you have to sing in a group and you sing in a group that is very precision as opposed to just, you know, 
how we are in church. We just kind of go, go with it. Uh, and then, you know, so I went on to school and studied voice. Actually, the first two years of college, I strictly studied opera. I didn't sing anything else. And although I didn't pr- continue to pursue that, that line of training really helped me again with all of the ways that I, that I sing, I, I, I used all of it. None of, none of my things that seemed like this is so not related to gospel or this is so not related to Broadway. It all worked together to bring me to where I am now. I love that. I love that. You took pieces of, you know, your journey, you know, to build and, you know, come to where you are today. And that's just how life is, you know, yep. with our gifts and, and with life, we just take pieces from here and there and it all just comes together. So Angela, you mentioned the movie. And so yeah. I want to get into that because you are a native of Detroit, Michigan, and you recently had the honor of portraying Jackie Clark Chisholm, who is a living legend and Detroit native and one of the Clark sisters. So I want you to tell me, Angela, about that process from the time that you found out about the movie, the audition, getting the part. Give me all of that. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, I love telling this story. It never gets old. <laughs> Um, but at the time that I found out about the project, I was on tour with the show. I actually was out with the color purple, um, first national tour after we had closed on Broadway. And, um, so I'm, you know, in that mind frame, I'm not even thinking about TV, you know, for, for theater folks, when you're on the road, you literally, that's your world. You're not, you, you know, you try to jump out there and, you know, let me make sure I'm auditioning if I can send a tape or something. But for the most part, my mind was not on any of it. And my good friend and brother, Michael Chen, who is one of the executive producers on the movie, who I've known him for years, he called me up one day and was like, hey, just wanted to put a bug in your ear that this is a real conversation. It's, it's happening. So when the time comes, you know, get your agent on it. And so I, that's what I did. Um, I let my agent know, hey, when this comes down the, the pike, jump on it, submit me so I can audition. So I did. And um, he submitted me and they had me read for Twinkie, which was for a while, the only sister that I read for. I ended up reading for three um, after it was all said and done, um, which I guess is a good thing. They like you, but they're not really sure where to put you. And I think they ultimately made the best decision with what they did. Christina Bell was an, a spectacular, perfectly cast Twinkie Clark. But at the time when this first started, that was it. You know, I read for her and didn't hear anything else. And I said, you know, that's how it goes with these things. But there was something different about this project because uh, I just felt like a exclusive connection to them because I'm from Detroit. I have sisters. We all sing. We sang all their stuff. I've met all of them before or, and or sang in front of all of them you know, maybe not all at once, but, you know, over the years. And I just felt, I just felt like there had, this has to be done right. Like, even if I'm not in this, like, I remember talking to my friend, Michael, and like, they need to, you know, get this person to do this. And they need to talk to this person. They need to get some consultants because, you know, Detroit gospel music and these iconic women and the church of God in Christ, these are all very specific things. You cannot treat this like just some black church movie because that's not what this is. And they, are do it to be done right so I think I was just kind of starting to manifest it even in those conversations like I just felt like for it has to be done right and for it to be done right I have to be in it I don't know how I don't know how this is going to work but you know and um ultimately they um they had me read for Denise and Jackie additionally and um, as soon as I got the material for Jackie, because originally they weren't going to have me read for Jackie. It was just going to be Twinkie and Denise. 
Okay. They just happened to send me Jackie and I thought it was a mistake. So I called my agent and said, Hey, they sent me the Jackie stuff too. Do you want me to, do they want me to do it? And they were like, yeah, just, they want you to put it on tape. And as soon as I read the material, I was like, this is the one, this is the, this is the sister that I should be playing. And, uh, you know, got coached on it, put it on tape, sent it in and then, you know, left it to God. I prayed on it and, you know, and finally they called and they, you know, over, you know, in that course of time, you know, the up, I didn't get much update other than they love you, but they just don't know where to put you. And you're, you're in the mix, but they just mm -hmm. aren't sure because um, originally they were going to get actresses and then just have some singers or the Clark sisters themselves just do all the singing and let these actresses lip sync. But okay. then, you know, in the final hour, I think they decided, no, we want to get singers first, girls that can actually sing this stuff and we'll, we'll audition them and see if they can act, you know? Uh, and so ultimately they decided down to, you know, to offer me the, that role. And I was just, I was floored. I was just so <laughs> blown away because this was definitely like, as an actor working this business, especially as long as I've been doing it, this is one of those like rare once in a lifetime dream jobs. Like it just doesn't line up this perfectly ever for most people. And so for it to line up this way, uh, and to to be a part of something that I did not, I don't think any of us realized it was going to be this big a deal. You know, I, I mean, I know there were people that were waiting and ready, the church folks, our folks, but like, I mean, this turned into like Jamie Foxx and Taraji. I mean, everybody could think of <laughs> just crying and uh, undone by this film. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, I, it was just an, a beautiful process for me as an actor to explore, um, being able to play someone who was living, um, you know, actors don't get that very often. We don't get to do that. So to be able to play someone who's living and have all this footage and to be able to sit down and talk to her and like get her energy and her cadence and her, some of her stories and her life. I mean, I'll forever be grateful to, to Auntie Jackie for just opening up herself to me and really wanting the, you know, her truth to be told. And as we embarked on the process and, and filming and the revising the script and reworking things, I just kind of kept in mind the thing that I really wanted to make sure that I did was really tell Jackie's story honestly and advocate for being able to, you know, have her voice be heard because, you know, Jackie is, is a figure in their family that we all know, we all, you know, may not say it, you know, but Jackie's the overlooked one because she's not the one that is leading the songs or, you know, she hasn't, you know, had as big of a solo career as the other ones have, but there is a place for her in their story that their stories collectively and individually wouldn't be those stories without her. When I, you know, talked to Jackie after the film, cause I didn't know she hadn't seen it until it premiered. I thought she had seen it cause all the other sisters had seen it. For her to say to me, I felt seen. I felt like people cared about me was all I needed to hear as an actor. I, she could have said anything else and it wouldn't have meant as much to know that a person who is, has been so instrumental in gospel music and in that family and church of God in Christ to finally feel like people recognize her was everything that I could have hoped for. My, my job, my work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know what? And, and you did a phenomenal job, Angela, um, portraying Jackie. And 
And like you said, Jackie is, she's one of those persons, like I never knew a lot about her, you know? And so to hear her story and to hear her side and see her portrayed, I just loved everything about that. So yeah, you did a great job and, and it turned out so well. You know, everybody did a great job. So I really love the movie. So we're gonna switch gears a little bit, Angela. We're gonna do something fun. Okay. Uh, we're gonna play a little game. So I'm gonna ask you five questions about your favorite things and you will have five seconds to give me an answer for each question, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and so quick response style, are you ready? Ready. Okay, let's go. Favorite Christmas song? Um, the Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. Favorite Christmas movie? Oh, The Grinch. <laughs> okay. Favorite play you've seen? Favorite play? Favorite play you've seen? Ooh, we. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, Paradise Blue by Dominique Maruso. Okay. Favorite play you've been in? Hmm. Uh, I haven't done a whole, whole lot of plays, actually. Uh, can that be, can I say a musical? Yeah, favorite musical then. Favorite oh, musical you oh, yes. That's tough, but I'm going to have to jump out there and say Hairspray. Hairspray is my favorite. Okay, okay. And then last question, favorite Clark sister song? Ah! <laughs> uh, probably My Redeemer Liveth. Okay, that's a yeah. good one. That's my a good favorite. one. Okay, look, you did a great job, Angela. With, with this game. Listen, you, you did it. You, 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 did it. <laughs> no, you did an excellent job. Um, Angela, tell me, what are three professional things that you haven't done yet that you still want to do? Mm, three professional things. Um, I would love to be in a movie that I'm not singing, where I'm just acting. Mm. A TV, TV show or movie that I'm, that I'm, I mean, I've done that, but like, a role, like, you know, like that you could see from beginning to end. Definitely. Okay. That's one. Um, this is one that is actually I'm working on, but I haven't actually done it yet. And that is an album of original music. I've put out a cover album before and I've been featured on a million albums, but coming up soon, it will be my first EP of just music that I've co-written or been written for me that has, I've been putting it off, but I'm, that's happening. I love it. And gosh, uh, probably to be a lead or principal in a Broadway show. I've been in a Broadway show, but as an, in the ensemble. And I've been, I've been a lead in non-Broadway things, but I would definitely love to be a lead or a principal in a Broadway show. Okay, awesome, awesome. Angela, what advice um, or words of encouragement would you give to my listeners and viewers, especially those who are struggling to discover their purpose, or maybe they know their purpose, but they are struggling to walk in it. Mm. Ooh, that's good. Uh, this is advice I give myself all the time. Okay. Um, don't wait for someone or something else to give you permission. That's good. You gotta, you gotta give yourself permission. You gotta, if ain't nobody clapping and cheering for you, you gotta clap or cheer for yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't wait around to see if like, it'll work if someone else is trying, you know, an idea or something that you think is like out the box or, and particularly to believers. Um, I think, you know, and I know this is a slippery slope because, you know, lots of folks feel like, you know, God gave you gifts for him. He ain't giving them to you to be out here doing this, that, and third. But I disagree with that. I th 
think, and I think that line of thinking has kind of stunted people who have these amazing talents and gifts, but they've been taught or they've been raised to believe that, you know, the only place they can express them is within the church. And even right now we're seeing, we don't have those walls anymore. That's right. They're not, they don't exist. Mm -hmm. They're unnecessary because we can't be together. We can't do it. So of course I would say, don't, you know, don't jeopardize who you are, you know, but be who you are, whatever that is, because what happens when you don't is that you get down the line in your life and then you start trying to backtrack and do it and right, you right. lost so much time. So, you know, don't, don't wait for somebody to give you permission. If you have an idea that you think is wild or like, whoa, like nobody's going to be into it. That's the one you need to do because all of the great things that have happened or people products or concepts all started out as crazy ideas. And people said to them, man, that ain't never going to work. Nobody's going to buy that. Nobody's going to listen to that. Nobody's going to think that's cool. And we see time and time again, that that is just not the case. You have to trust the gift that God gave you. You have to trust the creativity because it all comes from him. Right. These ideas and these imaginations and these songs and these gifts and these things that you do and these quirky, weird things about you. He made you, he gave you those things. So do it. Don't wait for somebody to tell you it's cool for you to be like, okay, then I'm gonna do it. Do it and let everybody else catch up. I love that. I love all of that advice. Um, Angela, if my listeners and my viewers, if they want to stay connected to you and follow you, what is the best way for them to follow you on social media? Uh, they can follow me everywhere on my full government name. I don't have no quirky, you know, funny little things. It's just Angela Burchett. Uh, I'm on Instagram primarily, um, but Instagram, Facebook, I pop in that over on, on Twitter here and there, but, um, and also my website, AngelaBurchett.com. Um, but yeah, they could just literally type my name and you can find me anywhere. Well, that was my last question, Angela. Wow. <laughs> I want to thank you so much. It has truly been a pleasure interviewing you today. And for my listeners and my viewers, I really hope that you enjoyed And we want to thank you for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone who needs to hear it. And so until next time, we both would like to encourage you to walk in purpose and rise to the call of greatness that's on your own lives. Be blessed.